Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. All right, welcome to the Extra Points podcast. Cousin Sal coming to you with meatballs, no spaghetti. Spaghetti's in the air somewhere. Babyface Joel Solomon behind the glass coming to you live from the El Camp facilities with my good and dear pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. October 1st, the leaves are changing, guys. Ah, nothing's changing here. Nothing's changing colors. Martin, does that bother you? You come from the Midwest. Dave comes from the East Coast and the Midwest. Does it, bo- it doesn't bother me as much that the, the leaves don't change colors. It, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. I, I love it. Okay. In fact, good. I, the leaves changing colors would be the only thing that I would, but it was always a negative thing because if the leaves changed colors, mm-hmm. all that meant was snow was coming. Oh. Winter was coming. That's all. It was just a harbinger for bad news. All right. Check is about to blow us away now. True, true. No, I have uh, I have no special insight on it. Yes, of course. The glorious colors of autumn are, are second to none. Autumn is the finest as a standalone, but as Martin correctly indicates, it's a harbinger. Cold days ahead darkness coming earlier so on and so forth but let's not get down about the grim future let's talk about the glorious present football football more football gangbusters weekend maybe the best weekend so far in what's already been a dandy football this is a lot of fun a lot of storylines let's close out thursday night which i thought was going to be a stinker and end up speaking of autumn colors you did not like them I was all right with the with the bungles wore. My out son there. Archie was like, "Why don't they do the white the white helmets?" I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about the white helmets?" And it actually ended up being a fictional thing, right? And he showed me the white with the black stripe. I'm like, "Ah, I'm not, I'm not." People are yes, people are pushing for a white tiger look on the on the bungles. Either way, a f- a, a fine performance by a Bayou Tiger turned Cincy Tiger. Yeah, pretty good. Bengals beat the Jags 24-21. Jaguars getting seven and a half covered. Game stayed under somehow or pushed if you got it at 45. All your gambling needs taken care of at FanDuel.com slash extra points. Uh, I don't want to brag too much, and I know I'm setting myself up for disaster, but I am a Thursday night football legend. I mm. really I really am. Let, let's go over this real quick. I close out my last nine weeks on, on Fox NFL Thursday night pregame with wins, right? Last Straight year. Up wins. Last year. Yes. The that last was, that really was a mighty run. Thank you. And then they uh, un- unceremoniously ended the regular season. And I-, I was done. I don't, I don't understand why that happened, but nine in a row, I get the giants plus the points, the Panthers plus the P- Panthers minus the points last week, the Jags plus the points, all winners by the spread. Danny dimes to score at the first touchdown. That was what? 16 to one James Robinson to score the first touchdown last night. That was plus nine fifty. Lawrence, no INTs plus monies all over the place. I know I'm setting myself up for disaster check because I have now the next 10 weeks, I'm going to be on Fox NFL preseason Thursday and I have to give picks. I'll probably go like two and eight, but I mean, for God's sakes, this is unprecedented. Yeah. First of all, muzzle tough to you on the run and talk about potential disasters looming um, to jump into it here. We have this weekend's football to worry about, but circle this one. We're, we're very much about the coming storylines last week at this time. It's like, you know, Brady and Belichick are playing in a week. Now this is one to look out for. The Seattle Seahawks season hangs in the balance. When you are picking that game next Thursday, they have two divisional games now. They lose They lose these two. If they lose on Sunday and then on Thursday, that's it. That's a wrap on the season. In the, in the NFC West, their season will be over. 
by mid-October. Who saw that one come? Well, Dave Damashek told you that they were going to come in fourth place, but I, I don't know how we made this about you all of a sudden. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, going I took, about my I took Thursday your shine. thing. You're, you're looking shine. ahead you're right. to next Thursday, but uh, I would like a little uh, pat on the back here, at least on the back there, Martin. I don't well, want I mean, to be I can't suggestive. Like I I need to be following you on Thursday nights because Sunday, Sunday, especially in that one o'clock window, I've been fire. I've been just killing it. Hmm. Thursday nights, can't see it. I'm seeing it like Stevie once. Yeah, I was, I, just, <laughs> I was thinking about sleeping through the Sunday games and just, uh, you know, just uh, Thursday would be my specialty. Yeah. Some, people think, some people think Stevie Wonder is actually faking it. Have you ever heard that conspiracy theory? I, I like to say that just in case I start to get on a hot streak. Can I know? tell you something? There's a bowling alley on Ventura Boulevard. Um, that you and I have been to before, Sal, next to a, a now closed deli. Um, once we went in there and somebody said, hey, Stevie Wonder is bowling in the alley next door. And we ran in there and he was just taken off. There it was. Stevie Wonder was bowling. Why would Stevie Wonder want to go bowling? Do you need to be able to see to be able to bowl? What's the pleasure of doing it? What, what does it matter if you can? Well, I, I mean, I don't try to get into uh, it. You, you hear many pins drop. It's better it than is. just hearing one. I mean, he didn't he drive on Oprah or something? He drove a car, a test yes, drove a car. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So it's aesthetically pleasing is, to the ear, isn't it? Like the crack right. of a bat and so yeah. on. The other thing to look out for, Sal, here's something I'm thinking about. Yeah. The Bungles are now in the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. Here's something else to consider. If the Denver Broncos defeat the Baltimore Ravens this weekend, mm-hmm. Are we tracking to all four teams in the AFC West making the playoffs? Well, I loved it. I liked six teams in the West between the two divisions to make the playoffs, and mm-hmm. FanDuel put a lineup on that for uh, for me at 15-1. Uh, to 1. So that was fun. All right, I, I still don't feel like I Maybe Dwight Freeney will give me the love I deserve for the Thursday night uh, prowess here, and he's going to join us in about 10 minutes. That's going to be a lot of fun. Hall of Famer, Shaq? You should say yes. Oh, he definitely is. Hall okay. Yes. All right. A lot of Certainly. his buddies got in uh, this past year. We'll ask him about that. What about Shady McCoy? Back to you, Sal. Yeah, he's got. I don't think he's quite there. I'll have to re-examine the numbers, but I don't. I don't. I don't quite think he's there. Martin Dwight Freeney's one hundred percent a Hall of Famer, and I think yeah. LaShawn McCoy is going to be on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Hey, check out extrapoints.com slash arcade. We have free to play games. We have an NFL pick 'em. We have a prop uh, a prop quiz, it's called. We have an NCAA pool. Uh, many, many people join. Many, many people leave happy with prizes. And it's free to play. Like I said, extrapoints.com slash arcade. Let's uh, go over Tampa Bay, New England. I feel like uh, I want a different narrative from everybody else. I don't know anyone who thinks New England's going to win this game. And I find few people that think they're going to cover. I got, not really anyone. If you look at the sports books and Fandle included 97%. Now it's early. They say it'll even out a little more as the uh, week goes on, but 97% are on Tampa Bay minus seven. It's, it's astounding to me. And yet I That's don't a, see any way New England competes in this game. Terrifying proposition. It 97% of America. It's not a proposition. There are propositions too. No, I know what you're saying. That's, yeah. that, that's the worst. When you're on the losing side of a bet and you see that, oh, me and 98% of other people who bet on this game are on this side. But I honestly, I'm the only way that New England can win this game is if Tom Brady comes out and just has like this mad emotional like moment where he's like Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl crying on the sidelines. Um emotional moment oh, and wow. he can't get over it. I don't see a way like on the <laughs> football like, in the football way of everything. Like they run the same plays. New England's they 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 run the, the same offense. There's no difference between what New England like what New England did when they were successful and what Tampa's doing now, especially offensively and 
he knows Belichick's defense. He's practiced against it for 20 years. That's well, the narrative, right? He'll know everything that's going to be thrown at him. He, uh, It's an angry Tom Brady. The Patriots offense catch up, can't catch up. Not with Mac Jones, at least at this stage. You can't run against Tampa. I, I, I have nothing to refute any of these things. Well, I think actually that uh, that head-to-head, Brady knows the Patriots and the Patriots know Brady favors the Patriots. It doesn't, I, how how much, I'm sure Brady is all over it and knows what the tendencies of the defense are. Um, but Josh McDaniels and Belichick know much more about what Brady wants and doesn't want in any given situation. I think they can actually hurt him with that. And um, the other thing is, the entire premise, I keep saying this uh, over and over, I mean, I have been saying it for a decade now, the entire premise of the New England Patriots dynasty w- from Belichick on down is just do your job, be two-dimensional, just do exactly what I say, and we will keep games close, and the ego from the guys on the other side will betray them at some point. Look at their Super Bowls. Look at all their playoff games. They keep every game within a score. So all of a sudden now we're going to say that the Patriots aren't going to do that. I know that the key element is Tom Brady, but Belichick does have a knack for keeping it close. So this idea that the the Patriots are cert- I mean the 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 Bucks are certainly going to go uh, b- blow past a touchdown and win it. I mean I think they're definitely going to win. I'd be a little spooked though. At home Here's At the home, other thing. You're going to lay that. that Belichick is going to stand there and be like, well, he's, a, he's an all time no, great. He's an all time great. As the, as the cheers rain down from the stands on the guy that they let get away. What after could he, he do? He can record. only do so much. Martin and uh, TJ covered it. Like you have to execute. You have mm-hmm. to execute a game plan. Belichick may have the best game plan. He might see millions of things that other coaches, Kingsbury and these other teams uh, with, with better talent don't see, but it, it might not matter. Right. And especially if you're running against this team, it's the only, it's the strength of the, um, the Tampa Bay defense at this point. I will say this. You know who has a tough job on Sunday night? I was thinking about this. The director of Sunday night football. Hmm. A lot of emotion has to be caught, right? And not too much, right? If they if if we see Belichick's face every single down, it's going to be like, all right, enough. So he's got to find just the proper ratio, how much we need to see. When Brady breaks that record, 68 yards, we're going to go to Belichick. I, I'm, I don't think we're going to see him applaud. I don't think he's going to break out and, and start clapping, but we want to see enough of Belichick. We want to see enough of the Patriots sideline and, and enough of obviously um, Brady's teammates. Now I ask you this, what if he goes full John crease on him? I can't let him get to that 68 yard point, which by the way, on Fandle, I think it's 68 and a half yards is for the first quarter for Brady. So he's expected to wrap it up right by the end of the first quarter. Can't let him get to that number. We're sweeping the leg. What would you think of Belichick right there? I mean, you dirty hits, you, dirty you hits the whole time, it, Sal. I, I mean, listen, you said it the other day on this very show. I did. Yes. Back in 1982, well before Belichick or Brady were on the brains or in the hearts of Patriots fans, mm-hmm. the Patriots ran a snowplow over the field and cheated their way to a victory against the Miami Dolphins. They cleared yes. the snow off the field so they could make a cheap field goal. Why not bring the snowplow back out? If people are really yeah. want to honor the the rich history right. of New England Patriots football, why not truck their greatest player with the with their famous snowplow? I like that. That brings it all together. That's that, who fun. wouldn't love that? That was a joke, but what oh. if what if the what if there's actually a bounty on Brady? <laughs> what do we think? What if the late set- wait? So so the snowplow's a joke, but an actual bounty. Three late hits. No, I'm saying, hey, don't be afraid to hit him late. We'll we'll worry about that. You couldn't see the old man giving that directive? I, I feel like Belichick, for every game, is saying, 
I don't have a big problem if you go ahead and hit that quarterback. Like, try not to get a flag. Try not to land on him, but I would have oh, preferred Matt Judon if you'd stick it to oh, him. How I much love better? This. How much better if he's as evil as we all say he is? And this actually plays out this as way. As we all say he is. Clearly, yeah. the Seth Wickersham book conf- confirms everything that, right. we, uh, that we suspected all along. And some of us knew and told you was the case. Oh, no, you're just trying to create soap opera. Listen. Alex Guerrero and Brady's old man have perpetuated the soap opera. Good for them because these two dullards between Brady and Belichick refuse to acknowledge anything uh, of note to to give the heat that we all desire from the outside looking in. I love your idea, Sal. (laughs) That would be the greatest Belichick scandal yet. And that's saying something. Yeah. I wonder (laughs) wonder when that'll come out from Brady. Because, you know, the new Brady, the Tampa Brady has has. You know, he's like your grandfather. When you move to Florida, he starts saying whatever he wants You don't know my grandfather. Oh, uh, anyone's grandfather. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But the idea, I wonder what episode of Tommy and Gronky is going to come out that he didn't necessarily care for the way that Belichick sent him home. Well, that's interesting. What also is interesting, FanDuel has a prop up. Which Buccaneer will catch the record-breaking pass from Tom Brady? Again, 68 yards does it. It's going to happen, barring an injury, in maybe even in the first quarter. Um Godwin is plus 350. Gronk is plus 350. Is this pre-planned enough that Gronk is going to catch the win? The, the, which, where's your money go? Evans plus 450. By the way, there's a number for Tom Brady himself. He catches his own pass, 100 to 1 odds. Maybe he throws it to Gronk, who tips it back mm. to Brady, who scampers for 11 yards in the first down. Then it's all Tom Brady. I, again, I don't want to shake the narrative. It's too beautiful a story that Gronk doesn't catch two-plus touchdowns and the actual pass that breaks the record. I'm going with Gronk plus 350. I know it's just a guess, but I'm going with Chris Godwin plus 350. He's the other favorite here. I like, uh, I think Godwin is really the key to their offense. Like the way that their passing game opens up. And I think that this gets done very quickly. So like if it's first you, or second drive, do you agree though? If it's, if it is premeditated that Gronk will get, like if he's at 62, Gronk will get the next couple of uh, attempts. I hate to be a curmudgeon. I feel like there's no way that Tom Brady would allow for that. He might want it real bad, but I think he's he's measured enough, uh, disciplined enough that he knows he better not like, you know who I want it to go to is Gronk. I hope it's Gronk. So for fun's sake, for poetry's sake, and otherwise, I will I will bet Gronk on this one on the prop. I also love the prop that I really like is Antonio Brown catches a touchdown pass plus 450. You can find that on FanDuel as well. Interesting. Plus 450 is also Brown's number to catch this um, milestone pass. That would be interesting, too. Does Gronk, if he catches a six-yard pass to put it over, does he spike the ball? Does he do that monster spike at his own 35? That would be interesting, too. I hope there's no way this ball plays out like we're like we're. Let playing, me tell you this right? much. This is going to be, and I don't know, I know that there are a lot of people, we talked about it with our uh, our resident Patriots fan uh, Kevin Hench on minus three yesterday, and he's rationalizing for the man in the mirror and saying, oh, everybody gets it. Yeah, we're happy for Brady, but we're Patriots fans. We're going to be cheering for the home team like it's going to be a takeover there. The rush of memories and glorious ones at that are going to overwhelm the stadium. Everybody's going to be on their feet cheering for Gronk there. It is not going to be about the Patriots, at least for that moment. Gronk can do whatever he wants. He can spike the ball. There's going to be tears shed. 
and every the Patriots players will have to go over and congratulate Brady in front of Belichick. Wow. Imagine that moment. This is what Martin's saying. It could be too emotional. He's reduced that's to tears. Was, and he like, can't physically throw a football. And that's part of the reason why I think they try to get this thing over with, like with seven minutes left in the first quarter. Like, get over it, Tom. Let's go play football now. But Belichick, here's the thing. Belichick commissioned a study of what makes the real great greats great. And Tiger Woods and, I don't know, Michael Jordan and whoever else, all um, all really did their best via adversity, except for Tom Brady. He does it with hugs and love. He's going to get a lot of that from uh, from his former fan base there. You know, I just wonder. So he'll, he's going to thrive. He's going to have Brady's going to have a gangbusters night. I don't question the reporting, but it, if if Bill Belichick had this study commissioned found out that Tom Brady liked being hugged more. Why wouldn't he hug the man? Like, I, you know, I don't understand. It's, like, you know, they, they say every father son relationship. It's a, it's a big question. And many of them, he was too busy writing love letters to somebody else. I guess so. I'm just saying like, you know, if he reads, you know, Michael Jordan really liked when people put a chip on his shoulder, you know, Tiger Woods like this, and, but Tom Brady, you know, he really likes being told that he's good at his job and positive affirmations and things like that. Why wouldn't he do it? Uh, I'm looking at this, Martin, because you brought up something interesting. I'm trying to figure out the best way to bet this game. So, all right, even if New England, I I, I think you're right. He comes out gangbusters. He's like, I want to get this record over with. I don't want to worry about um, New England staying in this game, letting Mac Jones think he has a chance. Maybe if they're up 17-3 at half, I think that's an ideal um, situation for Bruce Arians and the Buccaneers, which may, the better bet might be Bucs. I have a great bet coming up. I know you and, do. I, and Hench has it and everyone has it, which yeah. I, I'm worried. But Bucks minus four uh, first half might be the way to go. And mm. then you don't have to worry about, oh, look at, well, you know what? Belichick, the old man, Mac Jones snuck his uh, beak into the end zone with the 320 left and they lost by five. You know, we don't have to worry about that nonsense. But first half. Bucks minus four. I don't know. I'm just trying to get a, a different way to approach this. I think I think you just hit it right there. By the way, I don't think uh, Martin has ever it, is the word uh, gangbusters in your lexicon. I can't imagine it's ever passed your lips. I've never said it, but no, I've heard you say it before. Yes, right. Yeah, I, I, I this yeah. is there's a couple of words that uh, Damashek introduced. It's the to. movie with uh, Melissa McCarthy, right? They the redo. Uh, they did it from the the Bill Murray. Is that a uh, different gangbusters? Ghostbusters. Oh, Thank right, you. right, right. Thank there you, you babyface. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, there you go. All right. Uh, wow. I mean, so many ways to uh, play this game. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray take on the gang. <laughs> After 20 years on the same sideline, we've been telling you, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, meet this weekend as opponents. It's the GOAT QB versus the GOAT head coach, and you could be a part of the epic showdown with unbelievable odds on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can win $125 on a $5 bet if either team scores a touchdown. Well, you know what? That's how you bet it. That's exactly how you have to do it. I don't think it's going to be. Um, <laughs> can you imagine if this is a nine-three game, <laughs> just field goals? Not happening. Uh, Twenty-five to one odds on any touchdown anytime during the Tampa New England game. Yes, you could do same game parlays. We're trying to figure it out. Minus four for the first half. Brady over two and a half touchdown passes. You could do that. Gronk could catch two. Throw it all together on a same-game parlay. Number one rated sportsbook app in America. Easy to use, safe and secure. Fast payouts. Sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook today using promo code against all odds and make your first bet one for the history books. Don't forget to use promo code against all odds so that they know we sent you. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado. 
Iowa, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. That's in Tennessee. And visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona. Yes, FanDuel.com slash extra points. Put all your plays in there. Can I tell you one more thing about yeah, that? First of all, it. I, it's not not nice to call Belichick the uh, the goat head, or did you say he's the goat head? Oh, coach? the goat head coach. Oh, interesting. A little bit of a yeah. goat head. He's such a goat head of a guy. Um, I wonder. First of all, it would be kind of a middle finger in a way if Brady had his a luxury box or otherwise and uh, put in it next to his wife. He put Julian Edelman and all the goats <laughs> because you know those guys. <laughs> at the end of the day, aren't, they're not team brand uh, interested. They're, um, they're much more Brady's pal. And that would hurt Belichick's feelings a little bit. You know what they should do when he breaks the record? They should make it, they should kill two birds with one stone. Honor Brady, and then also Bob Kraft could kind of steal a little bit of shine and announce, with this record now, thus ends the era of the Brady-Belichick Patriots. Here and now, it's, it's fully over now. And that's why... And then and then he pulls off um, he pulls off his uh, suit and underneath is the old Patriots get up. Pat Patriots like we're going back to these. That would be a nice <laughs> right move. in the middle of the game. Right in the middle. I like wow. that. I like how the that will be the ending of the Brady Belichick partnership. Like when Brady left, wasn't. Yeah. Well, they missed their window. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing them one more little chance to go back and do what everybody thinks they should do, which is go back to the nice Pat Patriots. It's probably better to ask this next week, but do we remember this game specifically 10 years from now? Yes. I mean, like, uh, of course we could remember it, but is it as important as we're setting it up in our heads? No. Hmm. Go ahead, Martin. Why not? Because Tampa's going to roll. Like, it's not going to be... It, it'd be one thing if the Patriots were... You know, also, you know, a, a Super Bowl contender at this point in time. That's the way you really want to see this, right? You want to see Brady versus Belichick, a standalone, you know, AFC, NFC Super Bowl type championship, like well, a championship game or at least a playoff game. Like this is this is much ado about, I don't say nothing, but I think it's more going to be more about the fact that Brady broke the record in front of Belichick. Yeah, that's the, that's what I mean. I don't mean the. Are you asking game results? Uh, uh, both. I mean, how how much do you think about well, this game specifically? If you're if you're somebody like me who absorbs those yeah. moments visually right. and retains them for the rest of his dumb life, um, you'll remember the uniform matchups for it, sure. Well, yeah. it's funny you say that because I do hate that Emmett Smith broke the record against those ugly Seahawks uniforms. And mm. that's, a, that's a sad state, I know, but it's true. I hate that that's what we have to look at forever when Emmett mm -hmm. breaks the record. But we remember when Walter Payton did it against the Saints in Soldier Field. And we remember Dan Marino holding that football up. So certainly we're going to remember Tom Brady doing that unless what we don't remember that well is Drew Brees doing it. I don't remember it as well. Yeah. Because it just happened and we yeah. knew it was only a placeholder until Brady broke the record anyway. So mm -hmm. we didn't allow it to. So you think it'll brains. be big. I I'm somewhere in the middle. I think 10 years from now, we'll be like, oh, I mean, Brady was the greatest uh, team quarterback of all time, team athlete of all time. Uh, Belichick was the greatest coach of all time. Brady went on to win without Belichick. Belichick retired shortly thereafter. And yeah, Brady did beat him when they, they match. I don't think we'll remember much from the game. The only pushback I'll provide for you, and this sounds like a hot take, is the idea that 
Belichick is eternally the greatest head coach is in jeopardy right now. He better do something beyond this game and in the next season or two, or else it's it's kind of hard to hold him up as the unquestioned great in but versus Bill Walsh, right? I mean, I think Bill Walsh, when you add it all up, deserves that moniker a little bit more than Belichick, unless Belichick has a because third he act won here. without Montana. Well, he now he always had Montana. Right. I know he always had Montana, but in terms of, you know, bringing the game along and and all of that kind of stuff, I think that if it's if it's based on merit, I I would say I know the Lombardis tell the final tale, but without Brady, if he can't do anything, I think that we're a cynical enough society. Also, to your point. It's not like Bill Belichick has a sterling resume of uh, in, when it comes to the competition committee in terms of, of, of following the rules to the T, right? Like he has he's known one to, coach of the year in a, a decade. Well, he's it's known craziness. to have videotaped yeah. and he doesn't and have that. very popular uh, yeah. standing among his opponents, right? Like teams swear that he's cheating. Teams swear we know that they cheated. And the, this thing, I know that this is it, it, it's borderline. Um, uh, you know, being uh, anti-religion for Patriots fans to bring. How dare you? I mean, for for real, hench on the latest minus three kind of felt offended. Like, I mean, this isn't the time to bring up. I mean, uh, what, what happens happens. I mean, this is the absolute week to do bitter. This is this is a celebration of the great. No, let's keep in mind that a big part of this, as I have said forever, and I will say to you again now. In 50 years, in 100 years, there will be an inquisitive young football fan who will say, turn of the century, what was the great team? The New England Patriots. Let me look up them up in the great book of football. And you'll look up the pages of the New England Patriots. And all you'll see is a big black stain across it. Because that's what it is. It's a stain. And, and you can argue against it. And whether That's not fair. Guess what? That is that. That's why when people say about, oh, that guy juiced in baseball, like they should asterisk that. Guess what? It already has an asterisk in our brains, and that's what the Patriots dynasty has, whether but you like it or not. What Tom Brady has, though, is that Bruce Arian ring, that Tampa Bay that ring. Is correct. That, sure. that clean. He washes it all off. He exactly right. washed it off. He threw the trophy in the in the what was that? A creek, a river? What was that? A bay? That wasn't the ocean. Was You're it? right. I no, he, that he, was the bay he all through the river of black. Oh. Uh, of black. That stains all the Patriots right. and came out clean on the other side. Belichick's uh-huh. still there holding the bag. Babyface, you want to jump in here? I just think. Right. Bill O'Brien is the most successful, which is sad. Nobody knows what the hell you're talking about. All right. No, I got you. All right. So, all right. So Belichick sucks. Let's move on from Tampa Bay, uh, New England. Going to be a great one. Steelers, Packers. So before we start this conversation, I have a decree. I have two decrees. I think that Dave Damashek can no longer refer to the Cincinnati Bengals as the Bungles until the Pittsburgh Steelers have a better record than the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. What in career? Because uh, they the, no, the Bungles no, no, no. got some in, work in to do. Season. I don't in care what season. I don't. I, I don't care what the Bungles. There have been several chapters. <laughs> just did it again. I'm, I'm where, saying where I'm the just Bungles saying, you're the and the Browns. Right. Somebody put and, their foot down. You need to respect the Cincinnati Bengals. I, 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 I don't to, have to respect anything. I what have to. Uh, 
you know, I have to choose my battles here. I'm I'm with the Steelers Browns thing. I don't think he should be able to make have fun of the Browns anymore. And I think I the whole AFC f- North facetiously should just be on say that right they're going to win the division. And like, oh my God, of course they're going to win. And now I don't know if the Bengals are if the Browns are uh, ten and five and your team is um, six and nine. Uh, I think you could get rid of that routine. No, I mean, maybe I could get rid of it, but I, but uh, to paraphrase one, Patrick Waugh, who had a couple of Stanley Cups in his ear that prevented him from hearing the trash talk, I have enough uh, Lombardi trophies to go in every orifice in there and then some. And I got one for you, Martin Weiss. You know where that one's going. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But the Titans are, are going to eventually own the Colts, who have more Super Bowl. I don't know. At, at some point, at some point, you know, the 20-year-olds on Twitter don't, don't care about uh, Bill Walsh and everything else and hundred years ago, but I, I get it. It's not for them. Steelers Packers though, in the here and now check six and a half. I don't love that. This jumped down from seven 45 and a half on Fandle. I like your team. I do, do like really, them. You I really do. like it. I like them to keep it close. No one is as bad or as good as they were the week before. And I think that's what we're um, relying on here. And uh, I, I just uh, I don't even know what I'm really looking at here in terms of an offense, but six and zero against the number Steelers are in their last six as an underdog of three and a half to ten. I like them in the spot. I think they put a, together enough offense to if they score twenty points, I think they cover. I think their defense will be that good against Green Bay and Lambeau. Well, for the cynics, uh, easy math to do and every week is different and so on and so forth. But of course, the Steelers had the exact same number going into Buffalo in week one and mm-hmm. victorious there. So that's some cause for right. optimism. This is as close to healthy um, as they were in week one with T.J. Watt and otherwise. So that's uh, not a small factor for the Steelers. I hear you. It's it's hard to get real uh, optimistic as a Steelers fan about what's going to go down there. I, I, I look at it this way. To Martin's point, as a matter of fact, to validate uh, what you're saying, Martin. If the result in Hines was what it was, but the Steelers, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. If the Steelers whipped the Bengals to the tune that the Bengals whipped the Steelers, and uh-huh. you sent the Bengals now to Lambo, uh-huh. the number would be what? 12? Like it would be, nobody would put the Steelers, I would put the Bengals in that game. They'd say, well, obviously Rodgers is going is gonna to hammer that team. They just got whipped. Right. In their last game. I think you're reacting to the brand a little bit. I think you're oh, looking at the Steelers and saying, I'm, funny, funny coming from him. I, yeah, well, I like it because I, I don't jive <laughs> even myself. I'm not going to jive you. No, I think it's uh, I think it's too high. Martin, what do you I'm, think I'm with Sheck. I'm with I mm. six and a half. I mean, I don't like to take six and a half in general. Like that many points is just a lot of points in the NFL game. But I just, you said if the Steelers score, what, 20 points, you think they cover? Like, I don't see how, and I know TJ Watt's supposed to play, but I, I think the Packers are going to score at least 30, 35 points mm. in this game. I don't see how Pittsburgh can keep up with that. Well, the other thing I, 20 is, 20 points get, to me seems like the I'm max. I'm looking at the rest score. of my uh, my ledger here. You just can't take favorites all over the place. You can't take the Chiefs over the, the mm-hmm. Eagles to cover, Tampa Bay over New England to cover, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Cowboys to cover, the Packers. Uh, eventually, one of these teams slip up or there's a backdoor cover there. And I think the Steelers, every time you want to count them out, they'll at least they'll put their best foot forward. I think Tomlin might have it. You might run some gadget plays that you were calling for early on that gives Big Ben a break. I think I would be smart like at this Josh point. Dobbs, yeah, I, don't, sure. I don't know that that specifically, but yes, I hear you. The spirit of that. Um, they, I, I suspect mm. that 
Steelers fans emerge with a bit of optimism from this game. So, uh-huh. so I guess that kind of tracks with what you're saying there. You know, I, it, it's just so, you know, Rogers can put on a, a touchdown and, and take it to double digits mid- midway through the fourth quarter. And you'll be like, Hey, the Steelers were in this game the whole time. You still feel good, but the, they, the Packers right. end up covering it at home. So I, I see it both ways. I do think, Though, for all the doom and gloom in Pittsburgh, just a, a tip of advice for people uh, there who are Steelers fans. I think that um, the season is not over with a loss because they go Denver at home, Seattle at home. Mm. I think the Steelers have a real good shot at getting it to three and three all right. as they go into the bye. And I've also fixed their quarterback stuff. You may have heard that Aaron Rodgers is, oh, the people are very Yeah, babyface is going nuts about oh, this. People have no dignity whatsoever. Oh, does the girl like me? Does she like me? Will mm. she maybe go on a date with me? Maybe she'll go to the prom with me. She didn't say no. <laughs> it's embarrassing. You're not Bungles fans. You're not Browns fans. You're Pittsburgh Steelers fans, for goodness sakes. Have some dignity. You got a losing record. All right, settle down. Don't get it. <laughs> yeah, Martin, why did you why are you I, 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 I thought we were just going to drink our next I have you, solved you went it nuts there. Here's yeah. what Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kevin Colbert, should take home from Lambeau Field, if not a W uh, along with it. At minimum, uh-huh. they should take Jordan Love back home with them. Give him a first round pick in 2022. Oof. Why would the Packers say no to that? They don't want Aaron Rodgers to go away. They know this has all been an ugly uh, if, mess if for they, them. If they don't say no to it, you should be worried. It's like, yeah, take that guy. Of course, we'll we'll grab a first round. They want to wash their hands of their mistake. They wish they could. This is how you do I don't it. Think okay, you need Aaron Rodgers, rounder. we're you committing it- to you now for this season and next season. And by then, Jordan Love will be in his fourth year. What are we holding on to? You think to this you need to give him? up a first rounder for a guy who went at the end of the first round and hasn't proven anything other than that? Um, All right, that even better. I like where your head's at. Let's give him a third. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. The Jordan Love story only exists because it's Aaron Rodgers. Like otherwise, like he, it's yeah, his right. third year, right? And he hasn't even sniffed the Could field. Be anybody, and yeah. we haven't heard like he was there all preseason, right? Because Aaron Rodgers was off in Hawaii doing whatever, mm-hmm. growing his hair out, doing Jeopardy. How many reports did you hear about how great Jordan Love looked in wow. the preseason? Like, and they didn't, and that's why the Packers <laughs> did, panicked right? and it like, worked out the way it did. Yeah, yeah. And but I'll tell you this though, Sal, to your yeah. point about the Steelers covering the mm-hmm. under in the Steelers' last fifty-four road games, mm-hmm. 40, 13, and one. Yeah, so that's a pretty significant uh, size pick with it a total big. of forty-five. That's you know, the thing. We see these games where the Packers come out slow. They didn't against the 49ers. It went the other way, right? They tailed off a little towards the end, but I think they come out a little slow here. In the I mean, they're X factor, obviously. Their mm-hmm. puncher's chance in any game is as mm-hmm. long as you have T.J. Watt and Melvin Ingram healthy, right. then, yeah, you can spook just about any quarterback. Right. That's a young offensive line in Green Bay as well. All right, Rams, Cardinals. Uh, talk me out of this one. I don't understand why I am on the Cardinals here. I love the Rams. I have the Rams going to the Super Bowl. It was six in the beginning of the week. Now it's four. The over-under is 54 and a half. Martin, we were talking yesterday. The Cardinals have been spanked by the Rams. This is the last eight? The last eight. Since Sean McVay has been the head coach, the Cardinals are winless. And Sean McVay, that coaching matchup is, uh, is uh, points to the Rams in a big, big way. McVay over... Um, of Kingsbury every day of the week. And yet I think it's too many points, maybe a little bit of a letdown with the big game uh, against the Bucks last week. I'm taking the Cardinals and the points. The Rams defense doesn't typically feast on a quarterback like Kyla Murray. Uh, I think they keep this close. I, you know, I have nothing to add to that because I agree with every word hmm. you just said. Wow. Sal, I mean, I, uh, that's right. I mean, the, the, they're human beings. And now, it's not a Thursday night game, so I could potentially get it wrong. Okay, but yeah. well, that's fair. But yeah. uh, that notwithstanding, yes, 
these professional athletes are a little more impervious to the week to week of of things than mm-hmm. co- than collegiates uh, are. But yes, that was a huge game, and they're in Los Angeles, and they're here in the buzz and all this stuff. Best team in football and all that, and the Cardinals have played really well. And as, I'm with you that that number is a little bit too big, but. I also think that the Rams are definitely going to win the game. So, so what am I talking about? That's going to fall right in the middle there, I guess. Some of these NFC West games do fall in the middle, though. They are three-point games. How many times you see the That's kick? exactly what the, I said yesterday. Yeah. I, I say again, yeah, I feel like it's a three-point yeah. game. It's a field right. goal that wins it at the end. But right. that, I, that's a dangerous Martin, game to you're be back playing. in the trend here. Yeah, I agree with Sheck, though. I, this is honestly scary for me because I've said that too many times today for the entire month of October. Mm-hmm. But um, October. That's the first day. Oh, he was cracking wise. That was a gangbusters joke. (laughs) I got it. Thanks, I missed it. We'll kibitz about it later. Um, (laughs) Bungles. I think the Cardinals, as much as I I love the Cardinals, I love Kyler Berry. I had him as like a dark horse MVP last year, and I looked Mm -hmm. really good for like eight weeks. Ended up losing some money on that with Chris Broussard. But um, the Vikings should have names again. Unbelievable. My fault. I got got friends in high places. But the Vikings should have beat the Cardinals in week two. And I think that the Jaguars. They're up nine in the third quarter. <laughs> they were up in the third quarter, even though Cliff Kingsbury basically gave him a touchdown. You could say that's a fluky touchdown, but so is the flea flicker pick six. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like the, the, it just wasn't a game that I was on the Cardinals the whole time. And mm-hmm. I bet it. And I, I, I'm going to bet against the Jaguars forever. But I just didn't mm-hmm. feel good about that game until literally the clock was had said uh, zeros on it. I think the Rams are going to win this one if it was six. Mm-hmm. I would be going towards the Cardinals, but at four, I feel like too many people have bet it down. So right. I think this ends up being a Rams like four to five point win. Let's but get- you said that, the, or, or Martin, I guess said it, the coaching matchup. I mean, that, those yeah, things aren't that, fluky at some point. It's it, it's a trend that you should not be ignoring if you're looking at the money line. on this. Yeah, there's going to be a moment in the game where you're going to be like, God damn it, I bet on Cliff right. Kingsbury? Right, really? Right, right. And it yeah. happens every Sunday, but you don't want it to happen when you're betting against Sean McVay. Well, that leads us to my Cowboys. And, you know, I'm thinking about, like, this is the life of a Cowboy fan, a, a thorough and convincing beatdown of the Eagles, and yet I'm losing sleep over how Mike McCarthy managed that clock right before the half. And now they play the undefeated Panthers. They're a four and a half point favorite. Uh, I want to talk about the Cowboys defense here. Pretty damn good. Went from 30 points a game. I know it's early in 2021, but down to 23. Opponents rushing 159 to 70. They got Trayvon Diggs, the player of the month. They got Micah Parsons playing out of positions he didn't play in years or ever. And he's just all over the damn field making Leighton Van Der Esch better. It's, oh, it's so much better when your defense shows up. Uh, and, you know, now Dak is one of the probably the most accurate passer, not probably by the numbers, the most accurate passer in the league. I, I feel like um, I'm going to jinx my team, but uh, I, I'm past that. I, I think we cover it. We're a better team. Sam Darnold could rear his old ghostly head here, could turn it over. I'm not that afraid of Chuba Hubbard. Uh, he scares me about as much as Miles Sanders and uh, Cowboys big takeaways. It could be like a 27, 17 type game. I'm laying the points here. Oh, I, I, I mean, I think there's no question. Even you can be excited about Carolina. You and I were, um, you know, a week ago today, in fact, celebrating our victory over Martin right. Weiss um, and his cynicism <laughs> there. Um, 
Yeah, the, the Cowboys. But no McCaffrey. Like, it's tough to come by points against the, a hungry defense like this. The th- As much as you can do this, and we keep talking about, you know, we're still early in, and so we're trying to read into what we've already seen. And is there a more impressive three games put together, even though they have the loss in Tampa, than mm-hmm. what the Cowboys have done? I mean, they almost won that game when right. everything favored everything favored the Buccaneers just based on season opener, Lombardi winners and all that right. celebration. Those teams always hammered their foe. Didn't this time. They should have lost that game. And, they, you know, the Cowboys steamrolled the Eagles. They shamed them. They did. Eagles are finished. The division belongs to you. Uh, Enjoy don't it. Don't say that. Don't I wouldn't say be that. surprised. I, I, I hear, I, I get it. I like Carolina as a playoff team. We'll get to it later. The Cowboys may be the biggest score of the week, in spite, of de- in spite of Carolina having a very nice defense. All right. Martin, what did Chris I, I can't believe I'm about to have to talk you guys into the other <laughs> side of this. Yeah. But after you guys just, you know, on Friday, just extolled the Carolina Panthers' virtues, right. they have, what, three more days of rest than the Cowboys. That does bother and I, More than that, three. The Cowboys played Monday night, right? Right, so Thursday. was it Thursday? I don't know. All right, yeah, I got they the get they have bad short. rest. Yep. Like, they have yep. the most rest you can possibly have yeah. in a football week. Without a right? bye. Yep. And then I, I just feel like we're probably looking at this game entirely differently if Jared Cook gets set before going and scoring a touchdown in week two and the Cowboys lose to the Chargers because the Chargers should have scored two more touchdowns that they lost on procedural mm-hmm. penalties and they end up scoring 35 instead of 17. All right. Right. And they could have beat the Bucs too, but I see what right, you're saying. And they beat yeah. the Bucs and, the, and they scored 29 punts, points on the Bucs, right? But then mm-hmm. if you go back and look at the Buccaneers, the Falcons scored 25 points on the Bucs and they pulled off his you know, defense. But like the Buccaneers defense hasn't been one that's obviously been pretty leaky the last couple of weeks. Are we going by the team's opponents? Because Carolina played some dog crap, right? I know. And that's the whole reason why yeah. I was on the, the Houston Texans on last right, right. Thursday. But the thing about this game. And, and by the way, you skip over the charge. The Chargers are now the AFC team to beat. Hmm. If the Browns aren't, the Chargers. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think that it would have, we would have been on there a week before had they not had they not had mad illegal shift penalties and they had hmm. actually beaten the Cowboys. Right, but the, but the bottom line is the Chargers yeah. are really good and they beat them in Los Angeles. Sort of. Okay. <laughs> like I mean, I understand that they did, but you have Mike McCarthy playing for a 56 yard field goal. Yeah. Like that's the only All option. Right. Like you got it, you got it by hook or by crook. I understand you got the win, but I don't feel like the Cowboys sitting at two and one. I don't feel good about it. Like they okay. dominated the Eagles, but the Eagles also might be the, one of the worst teams in football. Oh, stop it! They got decimated by injury within the game going into it, and then they further got ruined. There's a lot of at bad their, teams in football to put their the Eagles position of strength is their offensive line and and defensive front, All and right. you know that they're really go. I feel bad for Eagles fans, but that team is officially done if they don't have a good offensive line. Well, and uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't seem to be like a guy who can make multiple reads on a play. So when he throws that ball to Diggs, like I didn't. Think it was a like Diggs made a good play and got the pick six, but like it seemed like pretty obvious and evident what he I feel sad for Sal that this is who he mm. is. I've been talking to Browns fans and Chargers fans, and they're trying to talk themselves out of feeling optimistic because they've been through it and they feel sad about uh prior yeah. uh, moments of optimism and then they got their hopes dashed of and course. their hearts broken. You're a Cowboys fan, Sal. I know it's been 
What am Since I supposed before to do? Martin walked the planet Earth, that uh, the Cowboys were actually a good team, but oh. but still, you don't, don't don't those memories still burn bright in your brain and your heart, Sal? These are the yeah, Dallas Cowboys. These are the good times. This is a it's going to be a celebration on Sunday. We that had place a respectable is coach by, back then, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm Martin's best point is that Mike McCarthy could blow this. Certainly could blow too, a like, cover. This defense, which was the worst defense in football last yeah. year, all of a sudden they. So you draft a linebacker, and he's just a defensive end, and that's just going to work consistently going forward. And like, why not? I, I mean, why I not? just don't. TJ Watt, like, what people are waiting for him to be bad? What, what do you mean? I mean, it just feels to me like the Cowboys. De- like, you know, maybe that. Maybe I'm wrong. Micah Parsons, you plus are four, right. Plus four hundred to win defensive rookie. And also Diggs, and I mean, like, it's not as though they lacked for pieces. Mm-hmm. They they got sideways, but Dan Quinn, they weren't healthy and otherwise. Dan Quinn. Is not a like we talk about too. Some guys are suited to be head coaches, mm-hmm. overseers, managers of all rooms and everything, and other guys are better suited to coordinators. I don't know if that's fair for Dan Quinn, but obviously he's talented at coordinating NFL defenses, and he's proving it once again. It there just seemed to me that last year the Cowboys were in such disarray with Mike Nolan that, like, as long as somebody was there to just park the car in the right spot, they'd be off to a better start. And I feel like that's what the better start is right now. But the whole idea that the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. The no, Cowboys, who's saying that? We're talking about beating the Panthers here. Dave Damashek is saying that as a sign. No, I'm, not, I'm it, sorry, Sal. I know you, do may that. Have, you may have been losing sleep, but this is all I've heard of the last since Monday really? night. To, to, to the Cowboys, they locked up the NFC East. The Cowboys, there's no chance. Well, I think they, 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 they lose Super this Bowl versus the NFC East is a whole different uh, ball game. But who do you like in the NFC East right now? I mean, the Eagles, even the Cowboys lose to the Panthers. The Eagles should get trapped by the uh, the Chiefs. I want to talk about that in a minute. But uh, do we want to go with high scoring team? Let's do it. Fandle has his prop up every week. Damashek hit it last week with the Bills at 15 to one high scoring team on Sunday. The Monday night game is not included. Uh, Sheck, go ahead. I feel like you're going to take. All right, Cowboys. now, 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 I've been backed into a corner. Now I'm forced mm-hmm. to go with the Dallas Cowboys, no. and I'm happy to do it. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> Didn't I'm, he I'm say not he was a, going with it? <laughs> I'm taking the Panthers. The, right. I'm not taking the Panthers for high score. I'm taking the Panthers in that game. But you're taking the wow. Cowboys for your highest score. Gotcha. For my highest score, I'm. I wow. thought the. I want to say the Kansas City Chiefs, but I've been off on this, and my second highest, my second pick has been the highest scoring team each week. So it's the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. All right, let me see what. Uh, all right, so now, now I lost this, but weekly, you go to weekly specials on fanduelcom slash extra points. You go to high scoring team. Now they also have high scoring games. Skip that for a minute. So Sheck has the Cowboys fifteen to one. Only magic because number. you got the best one, and I know where you're magic going. Magic That's the here. best bet, I think. If you have to bet one, you have the correct answer. So. You have the Browns on the road. At 14-1, to okay, uh, and I'm going Chiefs. I just feel like I can keep pounding this, mm-hmm. and at 9-1 to odds, I'm going to win more than one out of every nine weeks, and I love them against that Eagles team. I, I just, I, I don't know. It's a get-right get, game, yeah. Get right, and, uh, you know, the Andy Reid against the, the – uh, he's like, guys, you're giving me a heart attack. I'm not lasting these games on the sideline. I think Mahomes just takes it in his own hands. Like, let's stop screwing around. We saw the Eagles – Got uh, the Cowboys got like eight yards per play against this Eagles defense, which is already hurt. The Eagles also have a left guard and two of their tackles out. So I don't know how they're going to score, but that doesn't matter. They may turn the ball over a lot. The Chiefs, I love them in this game. I love them to score high 30s, low 40s. Go back to Kansas City Chiefs football as we well. Chiefs are banged up on defense, and they're the last team that can afford any losses on the defensive side, and that's why they're 
a really great team and are going to be dangerous in uh-huh. January, but this is why they're not going to win the division and this is why they're not going to the Super Bowl this year because that defense is junk unless they can swing some right. uh, free agent or um, trade. I mean, so there so are if you're worried about their there. defense, this, uh, but you still believe in the Chiefs, this is a good bet for you, right? Nine right. to one to be the highest. What you team. want, right, exactly. If your right. bet is south, this lines up perfectly for you is what I'm supporting uh-huh. south because the Eagles will score some points in this one and force Patrick Mahomes to keep on slinging in the second half. They have a line, Fandle does, total points for Sunday, 671.5. Now, Martin was going crazy in the office yesterday. He's like, this has to be 672 and a half. I don't know why it's a, no. Uh, who bets this craziness? I mean, they obviously just add up all the over-unders and uh, try to figure out. So if you like unders, um, just typically like the unders to come through, you would go under 671 and a half. This brings me to the teaser of the year, the Chiefs Bucks. I love that they're both on the road. I love that they both lost their last game. If they were home, both lines would be 10, right? And then, so if you take away the six, I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry if they've been win by four, but they're on the road and it's not December. It's not the Chiefs going to Eagles. It's not going to be a rainstorm, little snow right there. They don't have to worry about that. I told you about the Eagles, offensive line woes. Told you about the Chiefs not wanting to screw around there. Um, I mean, the Cowboys, as good as their offense looked, it, it wasn't as good as that. The, the Eagles defense is something we, we're going to be talking about in a few weeks as one of the worst. I think chiefs run it up and we, we did 20 minutes on why the bucks are going to beat the Patriots. I love this. I don't know who has hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, I mentioned this earlier in the week. I know Hench loved this uh, teaser, right? Chiefs bucks or money line parlay. You can get it minus minus one twenty nine. If you do the teaser, you have to worry about them not covering minus one. Um, doesn't happen a lot typically in NFL games, but there is that issue. You can get it at minus 120 if you do a teaser. Who who worries you in this? Like, I'm trying to think like how this loses. I've definitely lost on minus 120s before, um, but I really love this. I don't see another teaser. Uh, I love it. Like this. It is excellent. There's no way that those two teams don't win the game outright. However, just to, I'll throw it out. This is to support it. If you believe more in Belichick's dark magic than you do in a resurrection of Big Ben, then take the Packers. Replace the uh, re- replace the Bucks with, with the, the Packers. Packers. I was about that. to say, no. that Still Buccaneers that. game, that Buccaneers-Patriots game, we did spend a whole lot of earlier time talking about how the, page, the Buccaneers are going to roll, but all three of us agree, which gives me cause I, for concern. Not just the three of us. This Everybody loves this teaser or Moneyline Parlay, whatever. Everybody is in love with it. It seems too easy. And when that happens, the masses are mm-hmm. typically asses and it doesn't come in, but I'm still going with it. I don't think, I don't think the Chiefs are losing three in a row and I don't think Tampa's losing this game to, to Belichick. That's all I have to worry about. You're correct. These two things. I would there say I, I have blind bet against the Chiefs every week against the spread since like week six. Yeah. And I'd said I was going to do it until they cover the spread. And I broke my own rule for the Super Bowl. Right. And I'm not breaking it I again. I think he's got a week. tear in his eye. <laughs> I don't know if it's a light set. <laughs> your right eye, your it, tear. It's it, okay. I get it. Uh, it's, it was a tough time. Go <laughs> no, It was a tough time for me. But uh, I actually teased the Cincinnati Bungles last night uh, with uh, the uh, Tennessee Titans oh, versus right. the Jets. Yeah, you should be okay. So I think that maybe um, if you want to take the Titans instead mm-hmm. of the Buccaneers. That might be a good play. Lots of road teams in that 6-7 area there. All right. So many good, so many good teasers. Another yeah. one are the Bills. If you if you're I mean that number is very heavy for two pro football. Bring teams. it down. The Texans no, less still than two touchdowns. Yeah. Take yeah, I mean, are the Bills going to not beat them uh, uh, sufficiently to if you make them 
one leg of a two team teaser. Yeah, they seem to not give a crap. All right, let's bring in our guest right now. All right, let's bring him in here. He was one of the top pass rushers of his era with a spin move that even James Harden would be jealous of. He currently ranks 18th all-time in career sack Super Bowl champ, seven-time Pro Bowler. Dwight Freeney is here. What's happening, Dwight? Uh, nothing much, man. How are you doing? We're doing great. Uh, we're talking a lot about this Tampa Bay-New England game. Should we not, Should we move on from it? Have, have you heard enough of this Tampa Bay-New England game? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I got to turn off the TV. You know what? It's, honestly... I have a lot of friends on that Tampa Bay team. A lot of that coaching staff coached me in Arizona and in the Colts. So there's a lot of like, you know, good feelings there. Now the Patriots side, uh, get that out of here. Right? <laughs> we, 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 don't, we don't like to watch too much Patriots stuff over here. Well, you know, it's funny, Dwight, you and Tom Brady actually go back a long way. You may have sacked them before yeah. anyone when you were at Syracuse. He was at Michigan back in 98. Do you remember that? play specifically or does it all mesh together no absolutely I mean it was actually the first play I ever made in college yeah it, I was a I was a freshman and they put me at like a d tackle position for some reason I have no clue but anyway I made a quick move and I ended up hitting Tom now, obviously Tom wasn't Tom then he was just a, a backup guy who was just getting thrown in the game because Syracuse was blowing him out Right. And uh, come fast forward, fast forward all these years. He was my first play ever in college, period. As best you can, yeah. Dwight, because you you obviously are identified as a cult, but you identify also that you you, you played elsewhere, too. He was on 37 yeah. teams. We looked it up. Is yesterday. that true? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. it was We're that many. Yeah. Either way, uh, congratulations, too. We, we voted you, you amongst ourselves, at least, into the Hall of Fame. So we'll, we'll see how that well, goes. Hey, I but appreciate I think, it, guys. I think you, you get the gold Thank jacket. You. When we put our stamp on it, it usually ends up going your way. But yeah, um, yes, well, thank you. so you'll go in as a cult uh, w when you do get the honor. But yeah. how? I mean, yep. as fans, we think, oh, Brady is desperate to win this game. Belichick really wants to show uh, Brady up. How true is that? I mean, it, for both guys, for for. For Brady, is it more important to hang one on Belichick up in Foxborough or vice versa? You know, to be honest with you, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, you're a player out there and he said, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give 100 percent. And the other guy says, I'm going to give 110 percent and I'm going to give 130 percent. At some point, you know, <laughs> that percentage just keeps going up and you're saying you're giving it your all. I think obviously there's a, you know, a history there. It's too hard to measure who's going to want it worse. I, I think Belichick wants to win every single game, no matter who he's playing. All right. Does he want to win this one a little bit more? I don't know the history. Maybe they have bad blood. Maybe he's like, oh, I really want to give it to Tom. You know, maybe Tom has bad blood. He's not really putting it out there. But based on the information that I have, it's just basically, look, you know, they have so much respect for each other. And they're like, look, in the end, those are great years. We're just trying to win this game here. And obviously, it's going to mean a lot to both of them if they can win that game, clearly. Well, but Don't tactically then, for, from a practical standpoint, who does that favor? Belichick, the defensive wizard, or Brady being able to identify what any defense is trying to do in pre-snap? Who ultimately has the edge in that chess match? I think the edge goes to Tampa Bay based on the fact that they have a better team. 
okay? It's not just about Tom and the offense. That defense at Tampa Bay is pretty good as well, as you saw in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, who basically won the Super Bowl was that defense. So, you know, everybody likes to play this chess match between, you know, Bill and Tom, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. But there are other phases of the game that really matter. And I think overall, Tampa has the better team. And that's why they win the game. Not so much about Bill. Bill and the Patriots, they're in a rebuilding phase in a sense. You know, people want to hype this thing up to being all of that. But remember what type of team they had last year. All right. I don't even think they they were under 500 last year. All right. So this is the team that they have. They're, what are they, one and two now? Um, You know, they're on the 500 team right now. Yes, there is going to be a little Bill and Tom in there sprinkled in, you know, but it's not going to be, I don't think, as overwhelming as people think. So you're talking about the Tampa Bay defense, and I I know, like, through the playoffs last year in the Super Bowl, they were ferocious. But this year, it seems like they haven't been getting to their quarterback nearly as much as they used to. And it seems like, you know, we saw Sunday, Matt Stafford was able to take advantage of that hit Deshaun Jackson for bombs left and right. What do you make of of – because I agree with you that the Tampa Bay defense really kind of led them through the playoffs and, and had a, played a huge role in yep. that Super Bowl. If this defense can't get to the quarterback, as somebody who is familiar with getting to quarterbacks, what does that take yeah. away from that Tampa defense? And, like, will Mac Jones be able to take advantage of that? Well, you know, I've always said, you know, when I used to play, I didn't care if you had Randy Moss. I didn't care if you had the best receivers in the game. They're never going to get the ball. And if I get there, right, they have less than three seconds between me and Robert Mathis to get there. So I don't care if you draft up this elaborate game plan, this sweet looking play that, oh, I'm a double hitch and we're going to go deep. None of that matters if you get to the quarterback. But vice versa, if you don't get to the quarterback, every quarterback in the National Football League will look like a pro bowl. All right. They will sit back sipping a margarita, say, ah. No, that guy's not open. You know, you guys can sit there and play quarterback in the National Football League if there's no one coming after you, right? Now, that being, <laughs> that being said, if you get those fireworks, right? That being said is, look, there's ups and downs when it comes to how people attack quarterbacks. Some games, you don't get any sacks. Some games, you get five or six, okay? And that's just what it is. Now, Todd Bowles is a blitzer. That's what he likes to do. Now, if they don't blitz a lot, then you're asking the forefront guys to make all the plays. Depending on the, the, the concept that they're facing based on their protection, right, is going to determine if they're going to get the sacks. So you're playing a New England Patriot team who is a very smart team. What they like to do is get rid of the ball very quickly, regardless if Tom's in there or not. When they want to throw down the field, they max protect. They leave more guys to protect so that the, te- the quarterback has time to throw. I anticipate another game of not a lot of pressure, per se, sacks, because of they're playing the New England Patriots, and that's something that they don't want. Now, a rookie quarterback, he may sit there and say, this guy's open. No, he's not. Oh, no, I'm getting sacked. That may happen. But from a systematic standpoint, 
I don't see a lot of sacks. I think you hit the nail on the head with the fact that this is supposed to be, forget about what Patriots fans want it to be. This is supposed to be a rebuilding year for New England. And it's um, yeah. it's the equivalent of, oh my God, Brady needs 68 and a half yards to break this record on our home turf. This is like, oh, this is a rebuilding year. Like, oh man, we're, we want to open this restaurant, but we don't have the permits yet. And now the World Fair has yep. come to town. Like this is terrible timing for Belichick, I think. Yep. But this is why I'm trying to get around the narrative, which is everyone's narrative that Brady's going to break the record. He's going to throw two touchdown passes to Gronkowski. And this is going to be just a disaster uh, for uh, Bill Belichick. But I, I, I don't know. I haven't heard from you either in any way like the how uh, we could avoid this. I, I don't necessarily. I mean, when we say a disaster, Bill Belichick losing is a disaster in his mind. It doesn't matter whether he loses by 20 points or one point is a disaster. OK, so that's the mentality that they have. Are they going to win this game? I highly, highly doubt it. Will Bill, based on his skill set of, of him being a mastermind, you know, chess master, whatever you want to call him, will it be a closer game than most people think? I believe so. Okay. I honestly believe so. But do they have enough? It's hard to, it's hard to see it. I mean, Tampa isn't playing the great, greatest ball right now either. You know, they, I mean, they gave up 25 to 30 points to Atlanta. And I'm not saying that Atlanta is the greatest team, but it was a game until the fourth quarter until all of a sudden, you know, that offense turnovers started to come up, you know, on that other side. So I don't know. I mean, it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a good game, but I think Tampa's going to win. Let's go a little more global then, because you talk about Belichick and you were on the wrong side of those trips to Foxborough in January. Well, listen, it not wasn't all of them. not all. That's of what them. Belichick does. He puts QBs in bad spots, and 18 on your side was victimized by that. So I have to ask now. You went to Syracuse, played in the Carrier Dome, played your career in yep. Indianapolis for the most part, then you know some time in the Dome in Arizona. Mm -hmm. But you as a defensive guy, what mm -hmm. about now the Chicago Bears talking about doming their stadium? This is a terrible thing for football. Isn't it better when it's nice and open air and cold outside? That puts the quarterback <laughs> at a further disadvantage. You can't support this stuff, right? Well, it depends on your team and depends on your, your personnel, to be quite honest with you. Us in Indianapolis, we had a, our defense. Let's just talk about defense. We had one of the fastest defenses in the league those years that we were playing. Okay. Our defense was predicated on speed, explosion, and making plays sideline to sideline. What that means is if you have good footing, then your guys are going to be flying. If you have bad footing and it rains and there's mud and then there's snow. For the fans, it might say, oh, look, this is a great football game. But depending on that team and how it's built, it may be a detriment for us and for me. When it snowed and it was muddy and it was wet, it took a lot away from my game because my game was predicated on speed, getting the corner, a big 380-pound slob of an offensive tackle only has to take five steps back and put his hands out, all right? For me, I got to make that big guy miss. I got to get through him, and now if I have to go through him, like lift him up, I'm playing into his hands. 
And if I don't have a corner to turn, then that's the problem. So for me, it's based on the defense. If you're a, if you're, let's just say the Pittsburgh Steelers, who back in the day would have these big, huge Casey Hamptons and all those big, huge defensive linemen, then guess what? It's to their advantage to play outside because they're not really worried about that. They just want big, huge guys having hitting big, huge guys and stopping. Well, the I mean, on the, other the Steelers, side. the Steelers did. I can remember one playoff game that they won in a dome. Oh, um, come on. <laughs> we try not to remember that. <laughs> that is what great. We try to, we try to forget. You that. brought up a good <laughs> point though, Dwight, like is footing footing might be more of a combine note, right? Then uh, I feel like it should be a, a stat even like forget about uh percentage of uh rush percentage or pressure percentage footing. What, why don't, why doesn't PFF come up with a footing? Um, uh, well, it, it, it's, it's, you would have to play the game and to understand it, you know, to that level. And a lot of guys who are doing these statistics and stats, there's these guys with, you know, their glasses in the back and just sitting there looking at all these statistics and all that analytics <laughs> and all that stuff. That's what they're doing. They're not really out there as a player understanding, oh man, hold on. I got to get two, I got to get two longer cleats in the front, uh, one smaller in the back. Oh wait, I can't turn. Let me go back. Hey, hey guys, do you have any other new cleats? I can't really turn the corner. I can't stop. There's a lot of things that go into those, those games. All right. But if you're if you're a big guy who doesn't care about speed, you're fine. You know, you can wear flip flops. I like that Dwight in this conversation has taken down fat guys and nerds already. Slobs and nerds. (laughs) 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 Dwight, I want to ask you, uh, Michael Parsons, he's drafted as a linebacker, played linebacker at Penn State. All of a sudden, Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence get hurt, and Michael Parsons is just now playing defensive end. And you know he looked good. In, he had the, the in the grass back of Justin Herbert in week two, and his look looked good against Philly in week three. But it, I know you had you bounced. You had the defensive end. You played linebacker a little bit. They had the transition period. How much longer can we expect Michael Parsons to be an effective defensive end, or is this just something that is going to be a thing that he's able to do consistently for the rest of the season? Well. I think there there are similarities. Um, for me, I think it was harder for me to to go from defensive end and then make me an outside linebacker. All right, and I think quite honestly that was the beginning of the downfall of those years in Indianapolis where we started to fall apart. Is because we took two defensive ends were you know me and Robert Mathis who are five six seven year Pro Bowlers. And then all of a sudden, you know, Chuck Pagano, great guy, ends up saying, you know what? I want to put in a 3-4 system. And you made us outside linebackers. And now all of a sudden, you know, as a defensive end, you have blinders on. You're so focused on that guy, that offensive tackle. You know, you don't see so much. When you stand up and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, there's a receiver out here. Wait a minute. There's a there's a running back coming over here. It becomes a different world just a little bit. Now, going after the quarterback, that's similar. Okay. So I think for a guy who's an outside linebacker or a linebacker going to play a defensive end position, I think it's actually easier for him in a standpoint of the fact that he can get after the quarterback because he's been asked to blitz before. He's been asked to do those things before. All right. But a defensive end getting transitioned to an outside linebacker, you might be dropping back in coverage, covering Gonkowski 40 yards down the field 
in San Diego and you're wondering why you're back out there. You know, that's just kind of how it is, how it was for me. I get, I go to San Diego and all of a sudden Tom's sitting there looking at me like, why are you in coverage? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm looking at Gronk looking at me like, oh, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, you probably will. And sure enough, 40 yards down the field, I'm running chasing Gronk. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You mentioned Robert Mathis. Uh, you know, it was a big summer for some of your former Colt teammates. Peyton Edge got into Canton. We got to get yeah. a few more of you Colt players in there, right? Reggie Wayne, yourself, Mathis, maybe Vinatieri, even though he'll identify as a, uh, a Patriots. You must, you must be excited for this, right? It's inevitable. Yeah, well, you know, you hope and and you pray. You do, the thing is, as a player, you just do as as all you can do is you know what you put out there in the field, and then after that, the people vote for you, and hopefully, and pray that you get in. You know, I think that we do have a lot of guys who have a lot of talent. You know, you got Jeff Saturday was a great talent at center. You know, Dallas Clark was good. I don't know if he has enough numbers to get in. You know, I definitely think Reggie and Robert Mathis should definitely be in there. Vinatieri obviously should be in there. Eventually, I think they will get in. Who knows when they're going to get? I don't know when I'm going to go. You know, who knows what's going to happen? You just hope and pray that, you know, hey, you've done enough to get there. Well, 87's got to go into the Hall of Fame. That's for sure. What uh, what number, you see the number changes. Would you have uh, gone against uh, conventional um, pass rusher numbering and gone with one of the newfangled numbers? I could see in like a, a an eight would look cool. Well, you know, for me, I, I'm, I'm just kind of like, okay, look, my high school number was 44. My college number was 54 and I couldn't get 54 coming out of college. So I just said 93. I don't know if the number matters so much, but I've, if it was me, you know, I kind of like the traditional defensive numbers, just me. Cause I never had an offensive number, quote unquote, you know, 44, maybe, but 54 and 93 are defensive numbers. I'm not going to change. My number, if I'm already an established 93 guy, that's what you know me as. I want to be the best 93 you ever seen, you know? And, you know, and that's just what my whole mentality was. Give me, I don't care what number you give me. Give me a number. I'm going to go ahead and make that number as special as possible. But I'm not, I'm not a guy who's like, oh, let me get in the number two because the two looks sweet, man. Look at that number two coming around the corner. I'm like, ah, two is a receiver pencil net guy. Go ahead and give me <laughs> number two to a quarterback or a backup quarterback or something. Who like that. doesn't white like besides Robert Mathis and Reggie Wayne? And now it's pencil necks, nerds, fat Look, guys. He likes speed rushers. That's who he likes. He likes speed there rushers. There you go. There you go. I'm loyal. Dwight, do you like hard knocks? I want to talk to you about this. I mean, I, 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 don't, I would think most players wouldn't even want it for the preseason, but HBO does the four-week lead up there. But now the Colts, your former team, is doing it like a mid-season a mid-season hard knocks, and it could be tough for them. They could be, I hate to say it, they could be like four and seven when this starts or if they're lucky at this point, right? I'm, I'm all the way against it. All the way against it. I mean, I'm so against it. Let me tell you, I never put a mic on. There's guys who would put a mic on for a game so that then the fans can get this inside look and feel of what is said and how it is. I could never do it because I know if I have a mic on my grandmother or my mother is sitting there saying, wait a minute, what did he say? Cause I'm cursing dog, cussing everybody telling all, and I don't need all those bleeps and blops and all that stuff. My, my poor little grandmother at the house had the cat just crying her eyes. I'm like, Oh my God, my son, my son, my grandson. 
And for me, it's too much anxiety. For me, it's kind of like, look, I need to stay focused on what I do, the same thing every single day, no surprises. I'm not going to fake a conversation. You know, like if I don't talk to that guy normally, I'm not going to talk to him now just because I have a mic on. I'm just going to stay focused on what I'm focused on. I'm not going to talk to the other guy on the offensive of the other team and give him a pat on the back for the mic. I'm a, you know, I'm, that's just not what I do. So for me, thinking about doing that midseason could be an absolute disaster because it brings in elements that normally are not there. And guys are thinking about stuff. They're going to like, you're just doing this for the cameras, you know, all of a sudden personalities that were never a personality become a personality. And like, where are you at the whole six weeks prior to all of a sudden you're the rah-rah guy. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, I also think that your grandmother would be surprised. She'd be like, Oh, I had no idea. Dwight hated the nerds, the pencil necks and the fat guys so much. (laughs) Speaking of, we don't need that. Speaking of hate or dislike, at least if it's the unvarnished truth that is uh, going into those microphones in a couple of weeks, are we hearing teammates and otherwise saying, boy, this Carson Wentz uh, experiment was a bad one, and I wish we had gone in a different direction? <laughs> well, put it this way. If there is a mic on, you're never going to hear anything too bad unless the guy's a complete, I don't know. Maybe if he's concussed, all of a sudden he might just start talking. But most guys, they know they're mic There's even signals like, hey. And then that whole conversation is all scripted. All right, you're on a microphone okay. now. Was Carson Wentz a bad uh, experiment for the Colts to make? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I think this, if you look at the games that Carson Wentz played, Carson Wentz played pretty good the first game. It was actually above average the first game and pretty decent the second game. Um, the problem was the offensive line didn't protect him when the when when the plays really mattered, okay, when it was needed for a play. I, th- I saw one game against Seattle. The, the offensive tackle just got completely ran over and got a sack when he was in. That's not Carson's fault. The red zone issues, that's a play calling issue, okay? What Carson's fault is is him holding on to the ball a little bit too long trying to scramble with his feet. Me personally, if I was Carson, I would like you should throw that ball away, okay? Do more of a Tom Brady, throw it out of bounds, and all that type of scenario, then trying to make plays with your feet because things like two sprained ankles happen, right? And now all of a sudden, something that you rely on as your mobility is now taken away from you. Now all of a sudden, you just become a true pocket passer. And I'm not saying he can't make throws because he can, but I've always said that the quarterback position gets too much credit when you win and too much blame when you lose. It's somewhere in the middle of what's happening. So what the problem is with the Colts is that their identity, they, they're having a hard time understanding who they are. And who they are had always been running the ball. You know, it's running the ball, and that's what happens. You run the ball, then it opens up the play action, and then they'll have success. So run the ball and stop putting so much pressure on Carson. There you go. 
Well, I thank you for joining. I don't know where Martin just went, and I, I think he yeah, he, I see some. he may have <laughs> sensed that I was going to uh, bring up the fact that he knows your wife, uh, and so he skedaddled out of here. I think I think actually yeah. he was going to call Peyton Manning to let him know that uh, he just said the quarterbacks get too much credit. Another one who Freeney just went after there. There you go. And trust me, I'm going to be who I am. <laughs> All quarterbacks, I hate them other than if I played with you. And that's about it. And I somewhat like you just a little bit. Not as much, though. I love right? it. Well, Dwight, thanks for coming on. We appreciate the time. Hall of Famer, Dwight Freeney. You heard it here. Hopefully one day. 93 now and forever. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> thanks again, Dwight. No problem, guys. You take care. Right. Awesome stuff, man. Great. Take care. All right, now Martin is back. Martin, what the hell? What happened just there? You walked out in the middle of the Freeney interview right when I was going to make things uncomfortable. Did you sense that about you knowing his wife from Michigan days? No, I honestly, like, I had to go to the bathroom. Not one or two? One. Oh. Just number one. Right. Well, you're out of breath. It seems like well, number two. I was trying to get back. Oh, I see. I know. Yeah, I, right. mean, I mean, well, I would like to say, though, I think I got Darren back pretty fast, and I didn't have my key. So Amy downstairs had to let me in, and she was playing games. She was waving at me. I'm like, no, come on. Oh, come on, let's go. boy. You well, and Amy. Guess what? You made Dwight Freeney's list. He was P.O.'d. Yeah, he's He didn't happy. just have to pee. You. Well, here's the pencil thing. Pencil next, fat guy. I am a pencil neck nerd and a former fat guy. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm right Are there. you a former fat you guy? You used to be a slob? <laughs> slob, no. Fat guy. 100%. I need to see pictures, really. Oh, yeah. How much more? Uh, my biggest, I was about 280. No, oh my God. I love it when I get to this part of the story. No one ever believes me. I promise. Do you have a picture? I got to look it up. But yeah, 280? Are you now wow. considered to be a handsome devil? I feel I like you're first borderline and, first handsome First and devil. foremost, yeah. I was a handsome fat guy. Yeah. I just was fat. Yeah. I'm more handsome. Well, this I'm is like he goes off and, and shits every four minutes and he gets it all out. Now. <laughs> he doesn't have to, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I got a picture of me as a former big fella oh, somewhere on, well, on the well, Instagram. Show us that later afterwards. But uh, my God, well, that, that was it. All right, so Dwight Freeney, he was great. We have to have him back to discuss this with Martin. So when you knew his wife, you were a big guy? I knew, yes. Well, I met his wife. I was skinny. And then, and then she was not his wife at any point through all of this, obviously. But when I met her, I was skinny my freshman year. Then at the end of freshman year, I put on like that you, you sophomore put on the, summer. The, the freshman 210? What, what did Just you put about, on? Yeah. I, I, I called it the freshman 45. And right. that sophomore summer, wow. I added in like about, you know, a couple more. Right. Right there, And I was big sophomore year. This uh, is in Ann Arbor. Uh-huh. What do they have to eat up there that's packing so much weight on you? I mean, it's, it's, former, it's strongly Midwestern, first of all. So I've a, been there. I mean, I didn't think the food was that good. Well, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. the uh, They got the, their uh, own pizza. The accoutrements in, in Bloomington. Oh, it's delicious. I could make a long list. I won't do it right now unless you really uh, no, want to no, hear it. No, 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 no. We got to get out of here so we can post this podcast so anyone could listen to it. I do want to talk about our Pup of the Week, Shaq. This is, uh, again, you hit on this. Uh, who did you have? Well, you had the only one that under our parameters would win because we go underdog pup of the week plus 140 or more. Chiefs were the only, uh, well, Chargers, as you had it, were the only winner, upset winner. And now you've picked, you want to say three in a row? That's fine. Okay, I let's say it's two, two in a row. If two it makes you row, feel better, to knock me down, go ahead. It does. It does make me feel better. Who are you going with? Is there anyone on the, it's, it's, it's tough this week. I'm going with the Badgers uh, with, the, with a half a point. Three, two, final score, zero passes between those two bum QBs. Um, I'm going to go with, I know <laughs> this is crazy, but I don't know where else to look because we the, the options are it's precious tough. few. 
we may have to ditch this part, this segment um, eventually, because the the lines are getting really tight. Everything's like three or minus three or something. And you know what? So, so you know what? So your choices here are the Jets. Over I was going to go with the Cards plus four, but I just, I, I, it's really hard for me to do to to uh, the the Cards at plus one eighty eight to win outright isn't crazy, but you know what? You know what? God damn it! I love red, white, and blue, but. And the end of the day, black and gold overall. I'm taking the Steelers. Come on, Joel. Let's go, babyface Joel. Where you at? Get on board or get out of the way. This ain't over yet. We ain't quitters. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, please come. Please leave Green Bay. Come to our town. Well, what, what are we? The we're, we're the Cleveland Bunga. The 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 Browns. We're gonna we're gonna cry. We're going to cry into our Iron City. <laughs> it's time to get right. Meatballs furiously reaching for the volume. I know. Do whatever you got to do. Look, you're right. You're not the Bengals. You're not the Browns. No, no. I got to pee. You're not some slob like Martin Weiss. Come on. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, slob. Martin so, Weiss. So, for me. Yeah. It's plus, it's got to be plus. What, what's the stipulations again? Well, plus 140, plus 150 right now. You can't take any of these three-point underdogs uh, to win. Plus oh 150, that's ridiculous. Because the Detroit Lions at three-point underdogs, they're winning outright this week. That's a pretty good one. All right, I'll give you the that. The Seattle one. Seahawks is three-point underdog. They're winning outright this week. Yeah, they might. But, they might. But, but to qualify for this year right now, we're going with Sheck's team. Carolina Panthers will beat the Dallas oh, Cowboys really? plus 180. Right. On the you, made a, you made a compelling case for it, I think. I can't remember. There's so many urinations ago. All right. I am going. Uh, Hench did this on minus three. I'm going with the Giants. Giants over the Saints again. No one is bad or as good as they looked last week. I think the Saints are slightly overrated here. I think this is a close game. I think it's a lowest scoring game. Giants defense is playing okay. They have the best kicker in the game. Graham Gano. And this is a 23-21 Giants win, plus 270. Do I believe in that? I'm not too sure. I, I mean, don't know. There also, you, go. you just said Graham Gano's the best kicker in a league that includes Justin Tucker. Graham you know Gano's what? Is the best Aaron Rodgers is in a league. But he's not our QB. Number seven's our QB. You got one, Joel. Get behind <laughs> it or get out of that way. Extrapoints.com slash arcade, free to play games. And even if you've gone deaf from that, that latest yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's you can just do that's it. The, that's the motto of the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. Get behind it and get out of the way. Ah, I like it. I like it. The terrible towel is poised to strike. Minus three, Shaq, so Eddie Spaghetti, Steelers. Kevin Hench. Check out that episode. You got Lemon Pepper Parlay with Martin Weiss and TJ Hushmanzada. And against the odds, the, and the degenerate trifecta. We go through all of, uh, well, we don't go through all. We go through seven pro and four college games. Hit us up against all odds. And a reminder out there, even though you may feel like underdogs, please remember, you're all my favorites.